Hello and welcome to the Fifth Inning Podcast, where we talk about hot topics in youth baseball. I'm your host, Hunter Vansall, alongside my co-host, Chris Garcella. And today we're going to be talking about lessons in baseball, hitting philosophy, all those kind of things with an awesome guest that we've got here, Josh Cathcart. Josh, tell us about yourself, man. Oh, man, where to start? Uh, 21 years now coaching baseball um, in some form or fashion. Uh, did eight years, nine years um, high school out of college at Brazoswood. Uh, it's south of Houston, about 45 minutes. Uh, was there until 2012. Uh, did all levels there. Started as a freshman coach, moved up to JV, then varsity assistant. Um, and then the last couple of years was really the varsity hitting coach uh, and infield defense. In 2012, started working at Hardball Academy in Pearland. Been there ever since. Um, and in 2000, dude, the years run together. <laughs> 2000, they really do. 2018, yeah. Um, started my first online um, hitting business. Um, and then that kind of fell apart after two years. Um, started hitting done right about 16 months ago. And wow. Yeah. 16 months since that big. Yeah, man. It's a uh, holy smoke. <laughs> yeah. Blown up. Yeah. Since then. How many followers you got? Uh, Instagram 143 K. My YouTube channel has 53 K. Facebook is 43 and TikToks somewhere in that 45, 46. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It, uh, I guess it rubs enough people the right way, <laughs> but it, uh, I rub enough people the wrong way too, though. I'm, uh, I'm just real straightforward with it, man. Yeah. You know, um, I don't pull punches with people. It's just, here it is, you know, people that get on and are disrespectful for absolutely no reason. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah the keyboard I, warriors, man. Well, I, and I and I ignore 99% of it. That's the thing. I tell people all the time, you just catch me at the wrong time. Like, <laughs> if I'm sitting on my couch, you know, Saturday morning, I woke up this morning, and the first thing, I've got, you know, 50 notifications on Facebook, and the first two were just people just being stupid. And it's like, man, really? That's what you're doing with your time right now? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but it's been great, man. Um, at this point, I think it's like 73 kids that I've directly worked wow. with um, that That's have awesome. signed to play college. Um, like I said, won that state championship as an assistant coach, uh, 6A high school baseball in Texas. Wow. So the biggest level there. Yeah. Um, and the online stuff is just giving me incredible uh, opportunities. I mean, I travel the country doing camps, the coaches that I get to collaborate with, you know, doing podcasts like this. Yeah. It's uh, we were talking before we went on. I never thought I'd be doing this, man. Like, it, it's you know, I'm, I'm a baseball coach. Yeah. And now in 2023, this is the way of the world. Um, so, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into the first question. All right, man. Um, so how would you say that hitting has changed over the past 10 years? Um, man, see, I don't know that hitting has changed. Um, okay. There you go. Yeah, I don't think that hitting ever changes. I think that people see it differently because of a bunch of video and we have yeah. the slow motion. Um, I do think the objective for big leaguers has changed. I think that those philosophies, but if you're talking about it at a youth level through college, hitting hasn't changed. People try to make it fancy. Um, you know, you have bigger, stronger athletes. The velocities are up. Yeah. But at the end of the day, dude, hit the white ball flying at you and hit it hard. 
I love that yeah. answer. Yeah, I so, love so that odd, answer, actually. dude. Yeah. yeah, I feel like so many people just overcomplicate it, and and it's already a complex thing. Like, why overcomplicate it? Uh, well, and that's it's funny you say that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've I've got a uh, there's a post right now that it's just running wild. It's crazy. It's been up for I don't know weeks, and it's still like popping. And it's this twelve year old kid. Yeah, and I don't know if y'all are familiar. It's called a perfect swing tee. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Okay, yeah. the blue thing. So yeah. apparently that blue thing, if you don't know what hitting is, it freaks you out because people are like, what are you doing? You're complicating, blah, blah, blah. It's teaching a kid to get behind the ball on plane. Yeah. Like, that's it. And that's one of the things is the simplicity. Like my YouTube channel, that's where the parents go for, you know, youth drills because I, I do. I try to make it easy. Um, yeah. When I was coaching high school baseball, my teaching job was elementary PE. So I was – in a gym with 40 little rugrats running around <laughs> yeah. trying to teach them how to hula hoop and throw a football and play kickball and, and all that. So making it as easy as possible um, and concise, you know, direct, like this is it, not trying to muddle it with all this other stuff. Um, and I think people just get the wrong idea uh, when they're looking online. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand it. They're not there. You know, they see two minutes of a hour long lesson um, yeah, so. yeah. There's no context. Yes. So, like, I guess if you were a parent, and I mean, obviously, with you know channels like yours, and then there's plenty of them out there, right? Oh, but like, how everyone. do you how do you test and approve kind of like what works, what doesn't work, what's kind of like not good? Dude, I tell you what, I'm glad my daughter doesn't play softball, and I'm glad, <laughs> and that I, don't, you know, if I didn't have a background, yeah, and didn't know what to look for, that's a great question, and I get asked all the time, and I don't know, man, like. I guess trial and error, but at the same time, you don't want to waste a bunch of time. Like, yeah. You know, you don't want to bounce around through five coaches or whatever it is. Um, most, some people go on resumes, you yeah. know, Hey, mm-hmm. some people go on playing history. Um, you know, there's some people that they're not going to take their kid to any way that didn't play in the big leagues or any way that didn't play in college or whatever the case is. Yeah. I think you have to have some sense of it um and just get a good feel you know if you look around online or not and follow enough people you can pretty quickly tell who the genuine people are and the ones that are just out there because that's the way of the world now and if i make cool content i'm going to get a lot of followers if i get a lot of followers i'm going to get these contracts yada yada yeah but you're hitting or you're infield or you're pitching your content sucks yeah, because you're not genuine. You're doing it for the money. You're not doing it to be a coach. Um, so uh, ask questions, you know, for parents. That's one of the biggest things is when parents reach out to me and be like, hey, I've seen your stuff. I'm kind of interested. Can you explain to me? And then we have a conversation and, hey, that sounds good. Let's give this a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or whatever the case is. Um, I'm never going to bash anybody. There are coaches out there that, and this sucks, man, but it's reality. Like their business plan is to bash other coaches. Like that's, that's their business plan. hundred percent. And, and, and they get tons of followers doing it. Well, and not only that, they, you know, they rely on their, their playing history yeah, or, you know, who they've worked with or whatever else it is. Um, but you talk to them, like if I talk to them, you know, reach out. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'm too good for you or, you know, Mm. whatever it is. So you got to be careful. You got to find genuine people that are in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And then 
you do have to do a little bit of research, especially yeah. if you're a parent that never played. Like if you just yeah. like straight up, it, let's say you were a dancer or you were a musician and your kid decides that they love baseball or softball and you have no idea, dude, trying to sort through everything and figure out. It's a lot. It's it a lot. Yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, that's kind of the purpose of why we even started this podcast is to kind of help direct parents, parents yeah. and kids of just yeah. like how to navigate that area. I think, I think one of our first episodes is just like, how do you decide if you're going to like join a club team or, you know, stay in rec ball? Growing up though, like my, I mean, my dad was a golfer, had no idea anything about baseball. I think he stopped playing around like the age of 12. And I mean, kind of like what you said, like, I couldn't imagine what it was like for him trying to navigate that. Obviously, like when we were, you know, young, he was obviously the dad coach. Sometimes that would be an assistant on the coach in first base, whatever. But then once I got up to like 12U, 13U, that's whenever things started to pick up with like the Waco Storm. And because that was the the main team in in my area that I grew up in. But, you know, I (laughs) it's funny because like he was at every single lesson. He was at every single practice. To, I mean, that he could make, obviously, with work willing. And, you know, I felt like he picked up so many things just from, like, you know, going to college camps and, like, learning from, you know, Dan Hefner and, uh, you know, going to uh, Sam Houston where you're or Texas where you're learning from Augie. Like, he was, like, one of those parents that, I mean, he wasn't, like, super, like, he wasn't right there all the time. But, I mean, he listened and he wanted to learn. And I feel like that's something that's, that's kind of missed. Oh um, man, that sounds almost identical to my dad. Actually, my yeah. my dad wasn't a baseball guy, um, and it was dude. I I came out of the womb with a glove on, basically. My mom <laughs> says, like for real, like there's pictures of me with a ball and a bat and everything before I could walk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we talk about parents that know enough to be dangerous, and then we talk about the parents that are there just for the information so they can help. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there's a very fine line between that. Such a fine line. Cause there you is. can sit around in lessons and pick st- stuff up. That's but right. if you don't have the application or the ability to transfer that at home, it just becomes a bunch of words. Yeah. And then you get the fighting because it's, well, the coach didn't say that. Well, yeah, he did. I was sitting right there. Well, no, he didn't, you know? And I have at this point, unless we're just packed, I have parents record my entire lesson. That's great. I'm like, so there's there's no debate at home. Yeah. yeah. There's there's none. I'm taking the guesswork out of this. I want you to record the entire lesson. And then, like, all my hitters have hitting notebooks. Mm-hmm. And I'll write in notes from the lesson or whatever. But then I'll give them, you know, one or two drills uh, for the week from my YouTube channel. Which, again, it's right there. There's no room for y'all to get in an argument and do that. Um and I have seen that that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Like just in the player parent relationship is actually videoing, not just sitting in there taking snippets while you're on your phone. Do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like really actively videoing it. So, so yeah. like how, I mean, whenever you're gauging or whenever you're giving advice to a parent or maybe a player where it's like, how can you tell when a kid is, is ready for lessons or it's like, it's not really a good time for them to actually have a lesson. Eyes tell the story, man. They'll walk in and the ones that are ready, you see it in their eyes and it's like, yep. Yeah. And then there's some, it's like, (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm telling you, like I've told parents before, like I've been doing this a long time. I'm not in this for money. I'm in this to, to help. Yeah. I'm about to save you $400 a month. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you want to spend that right now, I will be here. I will work hard. We can see what happens. But I'm telling you right now, that kid is not ready for our lessons. Yeah. You know, um, there's is all- it like skill level or is it like con like being able to process information? Uh, man, skill level. I mean, you're coming to lessons to learn. So I usually don't look at skill first. We sit down and we talk like we have, you know, we have a, basically an interview. Yeah. And it's what are the practice habits like? You know, how much help is this kid going to have at home? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a T? Do you have a cage? Like what are, because we have to be able to match expectation for what they're going to be doing outside of lessons. You know, if I get them for 30 minutes a week or an hour a week, well, what are you doing with the other yeah. six days yeah. to, to yeah. make the money worth it? That's so true. That I, I feel like happens. there's, I mean, even like I've, you know, I mean, I give lessons on the side as much as I can, but it's like, you know, there's plenty of kids that I've given lessons to where it's like you can just tell like the only time that they're hitting is whenever I'm, you know, sitting in a cage with them. And it's like, I can't tell you how many times, like I'm going to tell you over and over and over again where it's like, if you are not going to take this information and go do it on your own, you're wasting your money. Oh, what? It's a waste of money. I have told, you know, and that's another one of those online things. They're like, oh, you're just, you know, parents you're just taking their money these parents don't know so yeah. like bro if you knew the number of people that i tell <laughs> no no, no and the ones that it's like look 100 i'm not doing this anymore like i gave it a month the practice habits haven't changed you know your kid doesn't walk in here and it's like oh i'm ready dude i work with this she is 10 years old it is the most naturally gifted swing i have ever seen in my life freaking just amazing 11 year old girl but the difference between her and other talented people is when she walks in, like her whole face lights up. Like yeah. that's yeah. where she wants to be. And it's just she, dialed in. She's like, give it all to me. Yep. You know, give me yep. everything you got. Um, and then you have the ones that walk in and it's like, you can tell they were drugged there. They were, yeah. They just woke up. They got, you know, crusties well, in their eyes. Yeah, or, they, <laughs> or it's in the middle of the day and they just don't want to be there. And yeah. mom or dad j- just want to say, oh, my kid takes hitting lessons. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. there's a there's so much of that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. It's like, oh, little Johnny down the street's taking lessons. I better go take lessons. Yeah. Well, yes. little Johnny down the street practices five days a week. Your kid yeah. doesn't ever pick up a bat and ball unless you force them. Like, yeah. yeah. So... So we t- we say the same thing in in uh, with the with the with the teams too. Mm-hmm. It's like we we're in practice two days a week. Those are focused on team practices. We got to work on a lot of situational stuff. Yeah. We don't have necessarily time to break down a swing in a practice. Mm-hmm. You go to your lessons for that. But if you're only going doing a baseball activity during the baseball season three days a week, you're oh. probably not going to. Yeah, and y'all got that yeah. nice little facility popping up. Over there, dude. <laughs> y'all got those fields it covered up and everything. Yeah, like they have places to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. I will. One thing that my dad, uh, my dad and I were talking actually last night, and I felt like it was a pretty, pretty cool comment because he picked he picked stuff up still, and we'll send it to me and be like, "What do you think of this?" and stuff like that. But there's a quote that you know, I he didn't even tell me who the who the quote was from, but it was like a lot of people like you know some of the things that parents say is like, "Don't let them get burnt out. Don't let them yeah. get burnt out." When it's like, "No, let them get burnt out. <laughs> let them get burnt out." Yeah. Like if personally, like. I mean, if I didn't love the game of baseball, quite frankly, I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I wouldn't be in a podcast studio on a Saturday yeah. recording about baseball. <laughs> no doubt. Right? I wouldn't be giving <laughs> lessons all the time to kids because I didn't love the sport. Yeah. Right? Like, I am not burnt out. It is my passion. It's what I love to do. Right? So it's like, you want your kid to be able to have a passion. 
And if they get burnt out, that's an easy way for you to tell. They're not that's passionate not about baseball. That's man, that's so on point. I'm uh, I got a really good coaching buddy of mine out in California and he did a post basically saying the same thing. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as burnout if you love it. Yeah. You may yep. get fatigued. Yeah, you might get tired. You may you may need a break. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's not burnout to the point of oh, I'm not playing blah 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 and if it is, that's generally not burnout from the game. That's burnout from overzealous and unrealistic parents. Yes. Yeah. And the and the kid doesn't want to deal with that anymore. That's right. It's not the game. Like what kid doesn't want to go out and run around with their friends? But if you make it more than that and they're not serious about it, now it becomes a back and forth and the butting of heads and, and yeah. everything else. And not a, and parents don't ask their kids enough questions. And if they do ask the questions, they don't give them enough time to really like think about it. Kids are going to tell you what you want to hear yeah, because they want to please. Um, and so it's like, oh, do you want to go to practice? Well, of course. If you get down in your kid's face and be like, do you want to go to practice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, they're going, hell no. Like, yeah. well, I don't want to go back. You know what I mean? So yeah, dude, it's uh if you if you make it if you make it a pro ball mentality when they're nine and ten years old, that's not yeah, by the time they're twelve. Don't it's, make it, a, it don't make it a job. Yeah, a hundred percent. And if it's like pulling teeth just to get them out there, like it's yeah. a good sign, right? Like let the kid fall in love with the game. That's yeah. that's the bottom line. There's gonna be plenty of kids. There's gonna be the kids that are you know that that want to go out there six days a week and seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, embrace that and go do it. Right, oh, they're there. Yeah, there, there's oh, yeah. plenty. I mean, we we may talk and highlight, you know, the ones that, you know, their parents are pushing or they don't practice or whatever. Don't get it twisted. There are kids out there that are yeah, yeah. super serious. Yeah. That's right. I got some dudes up in Austin I'm coaching right now, and they're like, I mean, they just love the field. I mean, they're yeah. just some dirt bags, man. They get out there and they're like, yeah, I was up here yesterday, the day before that, the day before that, the day before that, and I plan on being here tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a grinder. Yeah. Like <laughs> we've got we've got some guys like that too because we've got a, a weight room, a full weight room, like up above. Yeah, in our place, and yeah. so we've got guys that come in, and we'll see them three or four days a week, man. And then they're there for their you know velocity enhancement, or they're there for their high school hitting group, or they're here, you know. Yeah, and it's just like. Yep, and, and it's and, not, it's not because mom and dad made them go no, there. No, it's doubt. because they're like, no, I am going to play Division One or professional or whatever their level is. One of them's a thirteen year old. I love it. Loving <laughs> the dad. But yeah, but his dad is like, I feel like I'm always here, and I was like, you are, <laughs> you are. <laughs> like, wait till he can drive, man. Yeah. You got three more years, you're good. But it's a good thing, and you know, and the ones that work like that. They reap the benefits. Yeah. You look up at you know at the end of the summer league or the end of the fall league or whatever, and they just stand out, you know. Yeah. And that doesn't just happen by accident. You're going to have a few kids that are just freak athletes that can out athlete the game, you know, up until they're 13 or 14. But once you get on the full size field, oh, man, man, and people start to grow, yeah, you ain't going to out athlete everybody. Yeah, hundred percent. And and so you better. Be able to make adjustments. You better work hard, and you know you better play the game right. Yep. Like that's the other thing. I go out and, and again, I do a a live on Sundays um, with two other guys, and one of them's the next big leaguer, but he played all over the world. Yeah. Like he played in Japan. He's played in Venezuela, like everywhere. And he like it hurts him to his core how bad the baseball is played, like youth baseball, mm-hmm. because it's so watered down and whatnot. 
and go into these big tournaments, you don't see fundamentals, you don't see bunting, you don't see hit and runs, pitchers aren't throwing strikes, they're trying to light up radar guns. Mm-hmm. Um, those ones that put in the, the right work, man, you start to see them. The just, baseball mind uh, takes uh, over. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. What's a hit and run? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Dude, hey, you'd be surprised. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, getting into the second inning question here. Um, in the simplest of ways, what's your hitting approach or philosophy? Oh, um, I mean, basically, it's have competitive at-bats um, and be on time. Yeah. At, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's it. Being on time can make up for a lot of th- other things. Um, I think in my hitting notebook, it's um, be on time, be on plane, and have competitive at-bats. Um if you can do those three things pretty consistently, yeah, then you're going to have good success, especially at the younger ages. You know, hitting so freaking hard. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's does it nothing fancy. Does the approach change at all based on count? Um, see, that's one of those questions. Like the two strike approach and everything else for young players, I don't even really like that. Like. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think you do need to talk about maybe, you know, shrinking the zone early and expanding mm-hmm. the zone yeah. late. But I don't really talk to my young ones um, about a two-strike approach because it puts them in a defensive mindset, mm. and I don't want them to be defensive. Like, I still want you trying to hit the ball hard. Like yeah. That, yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> but having that strike zone awareness and everything. Now, game situation may dictate a little bit, you know, if – I gotta avoid the double play here. Yeah, look for a pitch up. Yeah. You know, um, if I you know need to hit the ball on the ground to move a runner, look for the pitch down. That you know that kind of thing. But overall, be on time. Yeah, hit that slam gun hard. I love it. I, yeah, try like, to go a little bit into the the uh, based on the count swing decision, right? Yeah. If, it, if it's o o, if you're ahead of the count, you have a smaller zone maybe that you're looking in. But I don't know that even at the youth level that they're yeah, I tell you, able to, if I'm, I if I had the magic fairy dust, dude, I would sprinkle approach juice on everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I I did a post on it the other day. Like, ninety percent of the time when kids are getting out, if they have decent, yeah. just decent mechanics, mm-hmm. they're getting themselves out. Yeah, you swing at bad pitches, you know, you take good pitches. Yeah, you don't know what you're looking for, um, and overall, kids don't see enough live arm yeah you, you know i don't know how when you grew up i'm sure with me and you we were out in the street and you were oh, playing yeah. home run derby and people were trying all, to throw yeah. tennis balls yeah. ball all weekend every weekend as hard yeah. as they can by you yeah and you're trying to hit it with something this big around oh yeah yep. you know um and so when you go to your little league practice that dude up there throwing the ball 50 miles an hour with a hump and it, it's like it's <laughs> easy yeah <laughs> um kids just don't do it these days and yeah. that's the um, I think that that is the biggest area of concern for me is because of the cell phones and because of just the way of the world, you know, parent, parent, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and parent, but parents don't, and it's not the parents fault. It's society's fault. Yeah. Um, they don't want, you know, you don't want your kid out at the park with five other kids you know, playing for two hours yeah. because some weirdo may walk up and kidnap. I mean, that's right. And it's legitimate. Yeah. You know? And so they're not outside playing as much. And so getting not only the live arm look, but also learning to compete. Yeah. Like, compete. 
being able to compete um, in in the batter's box and in life, but I mean, as it pertains to hitting, you know, having those competitive at bats is huge. And kids, they don't have good approaches and they don't know how to compete. So it's like, yeah, you know, I um, think, I mean, even in, I mean, when I was in college playing with, playing at DBU, like, I mean, Hefner is one of the top hitting guys out there for collegiate baseball. And it's like, I mean, approach for him was like so simple. And it's just like, hey, you're getting your best swing off. You're on time to a good pitch. That's it, bro. And even with two strikes, like we really didn't waver far from that. And it's like, why would you? Why? Yeah, literally, why would you? <laughs> because I mean, if if you can see a pitch and you recognize that it's it's a strike, but it's not your pitch, let's foul it off. Like let's battle, right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe we give in a little bit, but at the same time, it's like if you overcomplicate approach, you're gonna be you know paralysis by analysis. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I well, that's one thousand percent accurate. P- kids, and again, when I'm talking, I'm talking like high school basically yeah they don't even know what pitch they hit well yeah like they don't pay attention to it <laughs> yeah it's like all right man what what pitch are you looking for right now like what location not even pitch like we're not going to hunt fastball we're not going to sit curveball slide or whatever just what location do you hit best and there's something down, the middle. <laughs> yeah. down the middle, middle, middle. <laughs> right and, and it's like and actually it's know like, and it's like you really don't know like that should be an easy question. You're yeah. a hitter. Like, hey man, what pitch you like best? I like inner third fastball belt high. Okay. I like outer quadrant, you know, nipple high. Yeah. Okay. Whatever the case is, but it should you should know. And they don't. Yeah. yeah. And so when you don't even know that, how in the world are you gonna go into the heat of battle and pick your pitch? Like, yeah. You know, so approach is huge, man, and I wish that it was talked about more. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, one of my buddies uh, that I played with at Mississippi State, Brent Rooker, you know who that oh, is? I know the name. I don't know him, but <laughs> he's like all over. T- he like blew yeah, up on blue. Twitter I recently yeah. um, for, oh, was he the one? Did he play for the A's? Yeah, yes. With the A's sweeper right slider. So he's the one that was talking about <laughs> Jeff Fry. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. And Jeff Fry just got <laughs> him, yeah. burned him up a little so, bit. So, bro, Jeff Fry has a uncanny problem with me <laughs> like hey if you went through i'm serious and yeah. i don't mind talking about it I, yeah. on this like if you went through jeff Wright, like i've blocked him from everything it started wow. years ago wow um if you went through his stuff look how many times i pop up like it's, <laughs> oh my god i told him one time in a message i was like i'm so tired of this dude i was like if you gave your wife as much attention as you gave me <laughs> she'd be a lot happier <laughs> that's like, hilarious like but yeah, dude. I mean, he's like, I mean, literally, the thing that blew up was the sweeper versus slider. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, yes, the terminology is different and new age, whatever. But it's always existed. Yeah, it's always, it's just the <laughs> the shape of the pitch is totally different, right? Yeah. And I feel like I don't, it's not a controversial topic. Like if you actually understand, like. Pitches have different shapes. That's yeah. just how it is. Well, it, it, you want to call it a slow slider. You want to call yeah. it a sweeper. You want to call it a slurve. You want to, yeah. That's what you. It's all I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. It's the same. Hundred percent. It's just like I a mean, two seamer, a four seamer, a cutter, or a sinker. Right. Like it's a fastball. It's just yeah, it's a fastball. Movement. Just different movement. Oh man, most guys <laughs> online. That's all, dude. It's just yeah. I love. I love when a. Ten-year-old or eleven-year-old comes up and tells me they have seven pitches. Like, I've, I've got a two-seam, a four-seam, a cutter, yeah. a slider, a, a slurve, a yeah, twelve-six. And I'm working on this knuckle curve here, and I got a Vulcan change and a circle change. Oh, oh my gosh! No, you have 
two pitches. It's like fastball and a change. But those are usually the kids that are out there, like we're talking about, they're trying to are, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're playing, I love man. It though. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So getting to the third question here, what were what are three things that you would say are kind of like three fundamental things that a hitter can work on or focus on to make sure that they're you know racking up their development. Uh, number one, and again, not nearly enough work on is learn how to load properly mm. Ooh, and learn, yeah. learn how to load early, like on time. You see so many rushed swings. And then again, going back to Gosh, people, it's so good. people that may have not played, like they don't realize it because the player rushes. And so they jump at the ball and everybody goes, oh, you're early. No. Yeah. You started late and now you're rushing. So that's number one is learn, yes. learn to load. You can't get your best swing off if you're rushed. For sure. Points blank. Don't rush, don't reach. <laughs> yeah. Like that's I tell them don't rush, don't reach. And if you can avoid those two R's, this guy. You, you, yeah, <laughs> you got exactly. Don't go get the ball. So load number one. Um balance for me, man. I'm a really big balance and direction guy. Yeah. Um when I was playing, you know, I never hit for home run power. I was a line drive guy, so that was kind of my mentality anyway. Yeah. Um, my hitting coach in high school, he was a big, you know, 50-50 balance, you mm-hmm. know, knock the pitcher's head off. Yeah. Um, um, so balance for me. And then the ability, and some people don't even understand what it is, um, for, to hold direction, to create and maintain and hold proper direction through the zone. Mm. Um, I tell my young kids all the time, I remind my high school kids, but I tell my young kids all the time, you're going to be off time so much yes, that if you will learn to hold direction, you can get away with those timing mistakes. Yeah. You know, those swings that come in the zone, out of the zone, or never really get to the zone because of directional issues um, are the ones that you have to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. And the chances of you being absolutely perfect very often not is none. Yeah. You know, and also too, like, I mean, being able to hold that direction also allows you to keep your barrel in the zone for longer. For if sure. you're like way out on your front foot, your, your little window for success is about this much. I, I hope people understand like the people listening and what I hope they understand what direction means. Um, you know, it's, not new but because of social media um it's out there more yeah so people would call it like pulling off yeah right yeah or over rotation yep um coming out of posture like Mm. there's you know however you want to describe it um but basically for me it's keeping my rear side for a right-hander be my right shoulder all the way through the zone basically and then just allowing the barrel to follow that same path Yep. Um, Lance Berkman did a really good yes. little thing on. Did you see it? Yes, that was Where, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when he starts talking about the hips too, like, I mean, the swing starts with your your lower half, right? So if if yeah. your hips are just pulling way off, I mean, of course, everything. Yeah, yeah, everything else is gonna fall off. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's all about staying towards the middle. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I think it's you know a lot of. A lot of really good approaches start with like line drive up the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to like, okay, where am I trying to hit a target on the field? Right. Like that kind of gets you in the right space with your swing. But then whenever you see like all the, I mean, obviously the big leaguers that are hitting bombs and stuff like that, kids want to replicate that. So yep. it's like, oh, I want to pull the ball. It's like, that is the 
number one enemy of a swing is pulling the baseball. There's no doubt. It, well, trying to. Yeah. Like, trying to pull. Pulling. And that's another thing. Like, I, I preach, dude, like, for righties again. Line drives over the second baseman. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what we're trying to do. Right. You hear Aaron Judge talk about it. You hear Joey Votto talk about it. Like, I mean, that's what you, that's what you should be thinking. Like, yep. Gap to gap, opposite field, whatever yep. it is. But you have to have the ability to pull. Yes. And the thing that happens with kids is when they try to pull, it starts doing this. Yeah. yeah. And right. so they start coming here. And so now we're topping balls. Yeah. And it's just yep. top, top, Rollovers. top. Instead of keeping it staying down and through it, man. And it looks weird now that we have all this video and stuff. Like if you do it from the back, because the back's the way to look at it. Like when I do my video analysis, the back and the front, like from the catcher and from the pitcher looking in, is the way to see that. Oh, okay. You can't really see it well side. this way because the swing is has some rotation to it anyway. Yeah. But if you look at it from the back or the front, you can see where the barrel comes in, and yeah. if it starts to come here and you miss half a home plate, yeah. or they push out and cast, and so you miss the inner third. Wow. But if you look at it, and for somebody that's correct, I got a Mookie Betts video that's freaking amazing. It's like this much tilt as the barrel's coming through with the shoulders and it just looks like the bat just goes straight out to center field mm-hmm. and then wow. he hits yeah. one, you know, 420 yeah. full side. So, and I wish I, I had that knowledge because every time I would break down my swing when I was playing, it's like straight, you know, from the side, like yeah. from the other batter's yeah. box. Right. And it's like, I mean, my swing, I mean, it looks, I mean, obviously I was a D1 hitter, right? Yeah. So it was a good swing, right? But my problem in my kryptonite was like, whenever I started to get older, it was like, oh man, bombs are going to get you drafted. Bombs uh, are going to yeah. get you drafted. And it's like, you're just trying to hit bombs all day long. And it's like, I mean, I had pop, but at the same time, that's not what got me there. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, that started the whole pulling the shoulder out, all of my directions going to right field. And it's like, you know, I'm missing a whole third of the plate because I'm not directionally staying up the middle. Uh, Corey. Aldrich, he's the one I was talking about earlier that played in the pros and then, you know, all over the world and whatnot. Yeah. He was talking about, he was 17 years old and at a Rangers, like, camp, tryout, whatever. He was up there just depositing, like, he's a big lefty. And when I say big, I mean, he was depositing balls just poolside. And one of the guys was like, great. Yeah. Everybody everybody can do that. He's like, hit one out that way. (laughs) So, I mean, he did. But that was the first time that, you know, for him, and he was like, hey, when I got to understand that, and that's what I tell kids. Yep. It's like, you want to hit home runs? I was like, I'm all for home runs. Yeah. Go I'm hit right oppo center. gap home runs. I'll be impressed. And if you can do that, you become a better hitter, and you're going to yep. hit some poolside. Yeah. Uh, I will. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, my, so- uh, my sophomore year at State was kind of when I obviously had my better season, and my coach at the time was Andy Canizero. And, uh, I mean, he, he was the hitting coach for Alex Bregman when he was at LSU and obviously came over to state for a year and a half. But, um, you know, I started to really get more playing time when in BP, I could show that I could go the other way and go gap to gap for, I mean, not even gap to gap, just like hitting that left center gap consistently Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And the next thing you know, I'm getting, you know, pinch hit opportunities and pinch opportunity. And then it's like capitalize on that. And then, then boom, you're in the lineup every day. Amen. Dude, I I hope that that little snippet right there is just played all over the place. I tell kids from this big all the way up to those kids that are going to showcases. Yeah. If you want to impress somebody that knows what they're doing, yeah. 
hit line drives the other way early in BP rounds. Yep. Then go to pull side gap. Then take your daddy hacks. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you have the power to hit it out, if you want one or two at the end of a round that you've shown you can hit a line drive that way, a line drive that way, Yep. then go ahead. Show it off if you got it. Yeah. But yeah. those of you that can't hit a ball out standing on second base, stop trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, all right. Well, let's go into the next. Uh, this is a good one. Oh, boy. Um, all right. So fourth inning here. Uh, how do you beat a slump? Oh, dude, depends on what it is. Uh, there can be, like, for real, there can be swing slumps. Yeah. And for swing slumps, I think you go swing. Like, you just got to hit. Yeah, just go hit. Mental slumps or seeing slumps are a different animal. Um, You know, losing confidence is a real thing. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Ca- it can come and go very quickly with one swing, um, one bad weekend, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, for me... As far as, like I said, swing slump, you just go swing, and you, you find it. And I kind of relate that. I play enough golf that, you know, sometimes it's great, and then sometimes it's like, <laughs> Most dude, of the time. Yeah. And then two weeks, it's like, oh, my God, where did it go? Yeah. And it's just, you know, go out to the range, and I may have one or two thoughts, but not trying to get too technical, just trying to find that feel again. Yeah. Um, mentally, I think that's where a good coaching staff, mm. um, good support group, you know, at home, friends, whatever. Um, so you can kind of really talk through things because, you know, sometimes you get up there, dude, and it's like everything's coming in. You see laces, you see everything clean. Yep, you're making good, ball. you're making good decisions. And then some days it looks like a freaking pee coming in there yep. and your decision making's bad. You know, you're not sure of yourself. And so you're always defensive. Yep. And for those, I think that that, that takes more of the coaching staff and the people around you, um, unless you're just super, super mentally strong yeah. on your own. But most young hitters are not. I think I think right there that goes back to kind of what you were saying in the beginning. Um, how do you choose a, uh, the right instructor? Mm-hmm. How do you choose the right coach? How do you choose the right team? All that stuff matters because it's really hard to fix a mental slump with a kid if you've never been in that situation. For sure. Right? So – Going up there, knowing what it feels like to go over twelve in a mm-hmm. weekend series, you can really relate. Right? <laughs> you, you're Sadly, like, I never want to play this game again. Or, or like, or like from a pitcher standpoint, right? Like I was, I blew a five nothing lead in a regional finals, a game to go to Omaha in '98, oh, right? Like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So I can help a pitcher get through the yeah. same thing, right? So yeah, and it's how and how you communicate with them. You know, you got to be able to be hard nosed with some. You got to be able to be a little more soft with some. You got to know when to let some go and not talk to them. Mm-hmm. You need to know when to pull some in and be like, "Hey, dude, yeah. let's talk it out." It's just, you know, yeah. Being a good, being a good coach, being a good instructor. Um, there's there's so many more layers to it than just the the baseball knowledge. Yeah. What about part. from a parent's perspective? Like how uh, how do they manage their kid being in a slump? Uh, I think that all, like we were talking about earlier, I think it goes back to if they played or not. Um, if they played at a high level and understand, then I think the the conversations are going to be a lot different yeah. than a parent who didn't. Um, obviously not going to name drop any anybody here, but I have people around me that the parents have never played. Yeah. And they legit, and bless their heart, like I had to have the conversation, yeah. They legit expected their kid to go like eight for ten every weekend. Yeah. And when they come in, 
it's like, hey, how'd you do? And the kid goes, oh, I did all right. Like, they, they feel good about it. And by the way, when I asked the question, I think she was like four for 11, like for the weekend. She's yeah. like, oh, I did all right. And the mom's like, oh, she didn't have a very good weekend. She struck out twice. Uh, and I'm just like, I can't. No. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't imagine getting in the car and that's what's happening to you when you're walking off the field going, I was four for 11. Like, I'm, I'm good. And even on top of that, she had two hard hits. She flew out to center field twice. Yeah. So six. Um, and so that's where I get into productive at-bats. Yeah. Um, and for youth players that parents may have not played and don't understand the grind and how hard it is and have realistic expectations, stop looking at stats. Stop comparing your kid to every other kid yeah. and look at how many times they do something productive for their team. Yep. If they get hit, you go to first base. Yeah. That's productive that's right. at-bat. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. I, I think it back, um, I mean, obviously, you know, we got the playoffs going on right now with uh, one person, you know, I know fairly well, Nate Lowe, right? Oh, nice. Um, so uh, <laughs> his last at bat or in the last game that they had in the, the DS um, series, um, you know, he, uh, one of the at bats, he had a 16 pitch at bat, right? And he is struggling. Like he, yeah. his last 50 at bats have not gone very well. He went from hitting three hole every single game this season to now he's like seven, eight, nine, right? Yeah. Somewhere in there. Has a 16 pitch at bat. All he's getting is just fed fastballs, 98, 98, 98, 98. And he's just like not handling it well. Just getting blown up, blown up, blown up, blown up, blown up, blown up, blown up. Last pitch flies out to center field, hard hit ball. Next, next at bat gets up there, very first pitch, gets a fastball right Smokes down the it. just nuke right center. <laughs> And it's like you you don't realize like in a game. I mean, if you're saying that you average about three or four pitches per at bat, right? Like, I mean, you're probably getting a total of twelve pitches in a whole game. Yeah, you have a sixteen pitch at bat. You just played a whole game. A whole game. Yep. You just got like sixteen game like reps. Me as a hitter, whenever I would have an at bat like that, where it's like a twelve pitch fight, like no matter what happens, dude, I'm ready. I am ready. <laughs> like my next at bat, I have like so much confidence, yeah. and I'm like, I'm about to just annihilate yeah. this guy that I see next, yeah. right? And it's like, I mean, that is how you beat. I mean, my opinion, it's like you got to fight in the box when you're in the yeah. box. You just got to fight, man, be. and um, be a competitor, right? Like, and and you never know. Like one small thing can change everything. Yeah. No doubt, you get that feel back. I'll go. I'll go one one thing that uh, you, you know. Talking about the parents, um, we had a, a Division One coach come and speak to our uh, at our banquet mm-hmm. our first year, and uh, he said, "College players, pro players, whatever youth, they want to hear three things from the parents. They want to hear three things from the parents. They want to hear, I love you, I'm proud of you. Did you have fun? That's it. They don't want to hear you break them breaking down a swing." <laughs> Um, Dang it, Johnny! In the, in the car after after a game, right? God, they, that's what they want. So, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think it's you know, I'm I'm very blessed to be able to have a dad that you know cared a lot about me in my baseball game. But he also knew yeah. he knew he knew what made me fired up. He knew what he needed to say, and yeah. obviously it came with trial and error. Definitely, we had our fights in the car, but at the same time, like by the time I got into college, you know, I had a bad game. He knew I'm going to give him time. I'm yeah. gonna give him some space. I'm gonna let him. Yeah. I'm gonna let him chill. I'm gonna let him, you know, defrost a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll talk, right? Yeah. And you know, I, I just think that's such a big, big. My, point. my parents never talked 
about it. Not, I don't, not one time do I remember in my life ever hearing anything negative or whatnot from my parents regarding any sport. I played soccer pretty, pretty seriously. It was my second sport. I played, you know, club soccer until I graduated high school. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, baseball all the way up. And they didn't. They let my coaches handle it. If I had, you know, if I had a problem, it was, I'm not your coach. Yeah, go talk to your go coach. Go talk to your coach. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I, did, you know, so. What they, I, what I think that, that it, they develop a feel, uh, the kids develop a fear of failure, right? Because oh, they want to sure. please their parents. Mm-hmm, yeah. Their parents are disappointed that they went over mm. three. Mm-hmm. Now, the next time they're in the box, they're like, oh. Or they like, swing and miss. They look in the stands. Yeah. It's like, bro, you're going to get chicken yeah. rubbernecked looking yeah. at your, your dad <laughs> in the <God>. stand. <laughs> or the parent, that like every pitch, they flinch. Yeah. yeah. Like they're sitting oh. back there in the at-bats, like they're in the box. It's like, <laughs> down like your child can feel that like like for real like you know like you can feel when your mom or dad's like looking at you you know you screwed up yeah or whatever yeah dude those kids can feel it and they will they'll be dad standing back behind the fence like pitch coming in they're like oh yeah (laughs) like calm down bro not gonna do anything calm down (laughs) keep your elbow up (laughs) yeah well all right so let's go with the the final or last word here um for the fifth inning so what advice do you have for youth players and parents in regards to hitting development be patient, set realistic expectations. Um, and when I talk about realistic expectations, I talk about how much work are you putting in um, to have the expectation of success um, in games or whatever. Um, consistency. Uh, that's one, not only just in your swing, but in your habits, like the routines. Um, yeah, I tell, that's good. I tell people all the time, the guy on the mound who's trying to get you out is being as inconsistent as possible on purpose. If you are also inconsistent in what <laughs> you're doing, you have no chance. Yep. The only way that you have a chance against higher level pitching is to be consistent. Yes. Yes. Um, and so for development reasons, it's, you know, be patient, have the re- reasonable expectations, build a good routine um, from a swing perspective. Like we talked about earlier, learn to load, man. Like so many swings fall apart before they ever get started because kids don't know how to load and hold uh, a load and hold a load. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coming into your forward move and still being able Same to bag. load. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, and then <laughs> give yourself grace. I, I told um, a player this the other day, he was really hard on himself, really high level, uh, 11 U major plays for the Wildcatters top team yep. around here. And they had had a death in the family, and they had to go to Mexico. And so he didn't hit for like a week and a half. Yeah. And he came back in the cage, and he struggled, you know. And dude, it like I could tell he was getting really worked up, and I had to stop. And I was like, homie, I was like, you are an elite level hitter for your age right now. You have always hit. You weren't able to hit for a week and a half because life happened. It wasn't because you got lazy. It wasn't because you weren't doing things right. It's because life happened. Like, give yourself grace. Yeah. And young hitters need to understand that, dude. Like, it's hard. Like, yeah. hitting is so freaking hard. <laughs> and if you're not doing it consistently, um, it's going to be even more difficult. And when you do struggle, be easy on yourself. Like, it's not life or death. Yeah. It, it's a game. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Josh. 
thank you so much Dude, for, for it was coming. a pleasure and i'm glad that we finally got it worked out <laughs> like for the people that, i'm just gonna go on record i'm gonna eat this one so the first time we were supposed to do this um i slept and <laughs> screwed it all up the second time, I had it all ready to go. Dude, I had my daughter in the car. Like, we were going to do this <laughs> podcast. We were going to soccer afterwards. Like, we were good to go get to the exit. And that's when I was like, oh, should I just come in or wait on y'all? Uh, it's next weekend, bro. <laughs> <laughs> huh, well, I'll take a Saturday drive around Houston then. There you um, go. So, yeah, dude, this was awesome. I appreciate it, uh, both of y'all, um, anytime. And if y'all need anything. For awesome. me or whatever, you're down that way, stop in. Got anything you want to promote? Um, my YouTube channel. Um, I'm looking to try to get to 60K. That's kind of my goal before the end of the year. So hitting done right, um, YouTube channel. Check out my website. It's got merch. It's got this one. I've got a new hoodie out. I've got hats. Had to sport my Houston hat today. There you go. Um, so, yeah, the website's www.hittingdoneright.com. And then all of my socials. Um, just reach out. Let's uh, talk hitting. Awesome. awesome. Josh, thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. And that's going to close out our episode for um, the season two opener of the fifth inning podcast. Again, I'm your host, Hunter Vansall, with alongside my co-host, Chris Garcella. Uh, please like, subscribe, and follow us on all of our socials. Thanks.